Welcome to Iron and Ceremony, Librarius Omnis, where we explore the depths of the Black Library. Hello everyone and welcome to Iron and Ceramite present Librarius Omnis. Uh, this is part two of our review of Legion um, and we're still in the first part of the book which is Reptile Summer. Um, I'm John and as always I'm joined by Shane. Hello mate, how are you? Good, thank you mate, very good. Looking forward to this, this second part of the part one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, part one is very expansive and I think in the first video we've opened up a lot of questions and we've got almost well we've got zero answers apart from a couple of names of characters and, and we don't even know where they all are at the minute no we we, we know uh, we've been introduced to a lot so you know some of the uh, um uh, the, what's it the chiliad yeah yep. some of the, some of the some of the chiliad uh, John Grammaticus, the the Uxors, uh, mm-hmm. we're aware of those. Uh, some of the Alpha Legion, who are all Alpharius. Yeah, we've met Alpharius, we've met Alpharius, and the other three Alpharius. We have, we yeah. have. But I think crucially towards the end, we've got the um, we've got John Grammaticus being able. You know, he he's met some of the Alpha Legion, yeah, and so has uh, comparisons with the, uh, with the rest of them. So that maybe he can start telling them apart. He won't know who Alpharius is, but he will know who he is. Yes, that makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So we'll um, get into it. I think um, mm-hmm. we've got a little bit of um, an update to our own channel, though. If those keen-eyed um, viewers on YouTube will have noticed the extra logo at the bottom of our page. Um, for Patreon, which we've recently become members of. Um, Yeah, so if you are enjoying what we're doing and you'd like to support us and show your support, um, head over to Patreon and you can subscribe to us for £5 a month. Um, Just to say, here you go, guys, and we'll say thank you by adding your name to the credits of the videos that we do. if you notice, we'll put if you want your Instagram or your social media, we'll stick you on there. Or if you just like your name on there, as our way of saying thank you. And that'll keep us ticking over um, and hopefully help us get some more equipment and help us improve the channel and the content that we're bringing to you. Uh, and then, Shane, we've also uh, become affiliates to Element Games. We have indeed, yeah. So uh, if, you're, if you're looking to purchase any hobby supplies, um, they're very good. Um, we use them ourselves, I think, and that's where Dave got his battle map from, which hopefully you guys will will eventually see on some of the battle reports. Um, so if you if you if you're looking to buy any hobby supplies, if you're about to buy anyway, maybe consider doing it through uh, through our affiliate link. Again, it gives us a nice little kickback. It tells Element Games that we've sent you, um, and it, it, again, it just means that we can put more into the channel um, and, and hopefully get you guys more content more regularly. Yeah, cool. So, awesome. Enough admin. Let's quickly get ourselves up to speed. Um, so, those of you who are watching will remember, we've got our cheat sheet up now um, and we've got the cast list so we can remember who is who uh, and try and help ourselves keep track. Indeed. Um, and we joined... Um, the Geno 5 Chiliad um, 
on NERF two years before the heresy started, where we were introduced to our um, Hetman um, Sonica and our other Hetman Bronzy, um, who are the Hetman for um, the dancers and the, what was the second one? My mind's gone. Uh, it wasn't the clowns, was it? No. Uh, there are clowns. There is it. The dark, oh, the Jokers. The Jokers, that's it. Well, we're off to a good start. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Obviously, so we've got those. We've got Hon and Moo, who is the actor for the Jokers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roxana is the... She was the actor for the dancers, or she's just another actor, isn't she? She is the actor, but where was she? No, she was with... Um, uh, she was leading... Um, the uh, like Hurtado Bronzy and um, yeah. uh, Sonica yes. um, when they when they when when Sonica's um, uh, dancers were attacked. Yes, yes. So they were attacked, making their way to uh, a checkpoint um, by the Nerfine warriors who used their air magic to ambush them, uh, which we found out quite soon after that it was a trap. Um, laid out by the Alpha Legion, mm-hmm. who used them as bait, um, so they could actually eventually take Tel Utan, um, and then we moved on to um, visages where the survivors were recuperating, uh, and a body was brought to their attention by the Medicaid, who was disguised as a dancer, um, but. We found that was not a dancer via um, Sonica, obviously, knowing his men, recognising that's not it. And that yep. was the first sort of alarm bells to be raised. Um, they made contact with their Aksa Honamu and arranged to go to an RV point, um, which Bronzy volunteered um, to uh, take, take the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went with um, another surviving hitmen from the clowns, which was Shivan. Yep. Um, got the body to the RV point, and at the RV point was not um, anybody they expected to see. It was the Alpha Legion, who then assassinated um, Shivan. Um, and I believe that was sort of a cliffhanger for what happened to Bronzy from there. Yeah, so we, we don't... Well, I was going to say, did we find out that the Alpha Legion actually assassinated him at that point? I think we find yeah. out in this section that that, that happened, don't we? Um, no, because he come round because uh, I think he had the gun pointed at, at Bronzy and Shaban ran around the corner. Oh yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he got absolutely obliterated yeah, from the spot. Quite, and then, quite right. and then yeah, um, and then we meet uh, John Grammaticus here, I believe. Yeah. Um, who is returned from his first trip to Monlo Harbour. He's debriefing um, his Uxor Roxana. Um, they have a bit of a kiss and a cuddle. Uh, and then John says, right, I've got to go back in and get some more information, um, which he does in disguise. Um, he's obviously, um, basically, what, would it, what was it you called him? He's a... Uh, uh, neither of us could remember the name. Um <laughs> So he's he's a psyker, Psyche, but his yeah. his, his specialisation is um, in linguistics, That's and it. and like so he's able to copy 
Um, he can instantly tell where you're from, what accent you're speaking, and that extends to uh, Xenos races as well. Um, and he can copy it, and he can use those kind of powers along with his, his late psychic ability to effectively um, Jedi mind trick anyone into thinking that um, he is who he says he is, even if he's he's, he's not that person at all. So uh, he uses his, his, his like linguistic uh, skills to, to enable him to do that. Yeah. Uh, so we joined him. He went back into Monlo Harbour, which is, I think it's like the last stronghold of the nerf. Um, and while he was there, another powerful psyker intervened, played some tricks on him. He luckily stumbled across the Alpha Legion, who he's been sent by the Cabal to meet with and set up a meeting between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but before anything could really go on, and um, they realise actually there's a third psychic power involved, which has trapped them both. Uh, and then they were basically attacked by a, a tidal wave of lizards. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they made their escape, they were attacked by a big crocodile um, and another big lizard um, dragon sort of thing. Um, and they were able to kill these. And then the, the surviving sort of members of this um, Alpha Legion party and John Grammaticus have all run um, to escape the harbour. Uh, and we left off as John was running away and lost sight of the others um, but he kept running and that was where we finished Um, so that brings us up to chapter 5 I don't know what's there we go that brings us up to chapter 5 Monlo Harbour three days later Um, so kicking it off We meet another character now. We meet uh, Lord Commander Namatjira, who is commander of the 670th Expedition, um, one of the finest army commanders within the Great Crusade, mm-hmm. with 103 successful campaigns under his belt. Um, and he's currently um, in, a, 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 in the war room demanding to know why they haven't taken Monlo Harbour yet and why there is an unearthly screaming sound coming from the city, mm-hmm. um, which no one can answer. He's um, not, he's not best pleased. He's not no. happy. He's it's like, they, they talk about it and they, you know, he's, he's an interesting character is uh Namajiri, Cause you know, you never, you don't really like warm to him, but at the same time, he's not, at least when he's originally described and, and early on, He's not like he's not an incompetent leader. Like he's 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 certainly you know he's been able to do or deliver compliance in multiple mm. different uh, theaters before. So he's not entirely incompetent, um, but he's also not not particularly sympathetic. Um, and yeah, you can tell he's he's not particularly happy with the situation. No. They say early on that normally he likes to conduct his um, his operations from in orbit. And that the fact that he's actually come down to the ground to to Monlo Harbour to see what's going on is is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think we also because this is where Ruxana and uh, Hon and Mu um, meet each other, and they're yeah. like like Hon and Mu's. She's she's kind of quite glad um, that she hasn't been involved in any of the the activity in in Monlo Harbour um, yeah. because she's like at least he's not going to at least he's not going to be able to shout at me. Um, 
and she can also sense that um, Roxana, because they they both obviously both being Uxors, they can both set or have this you know natural psychic ability. But she's much younger than Roxana, um, and so she can kind of sense that not only is she her powers are dwindling, but also that she's maybe keeping something or she's not being entirely open um, with uh, Namajira. No, exactly. Uh, and like touching on what you said, that normally they like to write these commanders as sort of lazy, incompetent. They just yeah. happen to have got in charge through politics. But yeah, he's he's got a background. Like he's not just um, a commander. He was a, he was a formidable warrior once because um, he was originally um, a veteran of the Lucifer Blacks, which are his now. They're his bodyguard. They're pretty much. Um, don't have a real military bearing anymore other mm-hmm. than they're his sort of um his uh, heavies that's um, it yeah yeah so originally it was um um commander dev was in charge of this um mission on the harbor but it's taken them eight months uh, and they made no movement and like you say he's come down to turn the screws um and they have, they, have, they have their meeting, he kicks off, and then afterwards he sort of asks them, the two Uxes, to, to come and have a private word. And as they walk in, uh, a couple of other commanders are walking out after getting their ears completely chewed off. Um, and they sort of go in, um, and Roxana gives a bit of an update on her intel with her spy that um, she has, who's gone back into the harbour and she relays the information that he gave to her and again as we know he didn't really tell her too much um but and obviously they're they're still referring to him as um conig henneker um yes who who everyone seems to know because uh i think um namit jira i believe it's namit jira he, he says like oh yeah his 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 intelligence is normally good yeah. So they're like, oh, okay, fine. If it's him that's in there, that's that's fine. Yeah. And obviously, so Honan's been invited because she was part of the success of taking Telutan. And obviously Na- Namajira knows how it happened and he reveals now to the rest of his sort of um, command unit and says, how, how did you do this? And Honan says, well, this was with the help of the Alpha Legion, which obviously and shocks everybody because... Nobody else seemed to know there were Astartes on the planet. Yep. Um, and he says he's actually got a meeting with um, Alpharius. Um, and he's going to help coordinate the attack that's going to bring the nerfing people to their knees and how to destroy them. Um, and he's glad like, now that um, the ball can get rolling in their favour. And like I think you yeah. touched on in the last video, he's glad that he's been sent some Astartes help. But he's not happy that it's the Alpha Legion. No, I believe they 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 name check Gilliman. I, I think it's 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 Gilliman is actually called out in the terms that um, you know again Namajira is, is is he must be senior enough because he makes mention of having spoken to at least what well if you include Alpharius like at least three Primarchs um, yeah. in, in Gilliman as, as well as Horus, um, and he does say that like you know him and Gilliman kind of agree that the Alpha Legion don't conduct war in the honourable way. No. Um, so it's interesting that you kind of get, again, it's that, um, you know, what's going on 
between the Primarchs and the Legions and and mm. stuff like that. There, there, there is a you know there, there's untrust between all of them to a degree. Yeah, he's um, also like he's 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 not impressed that I'm not too sure how he'd become aware. Uh, probably the Alpha Legion sort of uh, tipped their hat uh, to Lutan. Um, but he's not happy that they've been on this planet without his knowledge and operating. Um, and he's like, well, this is my battlefield. I yeah. should know everything. You, it doesn't matter if you're a starter or not. You still answer to me. Um, and he actually has some suspicion that they're partly to blame with the, the delay in, in taking this planet. Um, so, yeah, he's a bit... Um, unimpressed so far yeah. um, so he dismisses everybody um, and he then says to his um, captain of the Lucifer Blacks uh, Dinus Cheney uh, chain. Um, chain, um, and they've both picked up that um, Roxana didn't seem to be telling them everything through mm. her body language uh, that she was holding something back um, so he says to um, Dinus, you are going to keep her under scrutiny for now. We're going to keep our eyes on her. Um, and they're not the only ones who sort of caught on to her because once they're outside, um, Hon and Moo has also realised, and obviously she's got the ability, uh, the psycho ability as well, so she's definitely picked something up. Uh, and she catches up with her and says, is there something you want to tell me? Yeah. Can, you can confide in me. But uh, Roxana says, no, there's, there's nothing you need to know. Um, so she goes back to her own aides um, and she gets one of them to go and find her gene whip, uh, which is like a sergeant major, um, where they're the, the disciplinarians I would sort of equate it to. Um, and yeah. so, says, go and get him um, because she wants to keep eyes on Roxana as well. Yeah, like it, it's an interesting one. The gene whips are, um, as you said, they're there to keep kind of order. Um, and especially with the Chiliad, they they like the um, they like they they talk about it a lot in terms of cleaning up after themselves and and keeping things within the unit. Mm. And the gene whips are are like key to that. And I think at some point it, it might be in this chapter, it might be the next one, where they they kind of say that you know had it been in different times, the role of the gene whip would be more of like a political officer. Um, and it's, it's, it's there for that reason. Like it's, it's a combination of like discipline and morale. Mm. Um, and so the gene whips do seem to kind of operate. Like we never, we never hear about them being in combat. Let's put it that way. They just kind of, they seem to operate at least in this book, more behind the lines and um, almost investigating um, the rest of the unit. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't come off as a very popular character as we go on either. No, no. <laughs> um, so she says to um, her aides, go and get Boone. Uh, and at the same time, one of the aides says that there is a hetman waiting to speak to her. Um, and it is um, Sonica from the dancers. Yeah. So she goes uh, off into the waiting room where he's been. And he's a bit of a mess. He's clearly been out in rough terrain for a while, uh, unshaved, absolutely minging. Um, and she runs over and gives him a hug saying, oh, I thought you was dead. Um, and she's obviously relieved to see him. Um, and she says, like, she heard that there wasn't any um, survivors from Visages. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so she assumed that's why she assumed he was dead and he said uh some details of how he was able to escape um and he says well now i'm here what, what what's happened to the body that we told you about yeah um and she says what body and he says the, the thing that uh bronze evokes to you from visages and she literally has no idea what he's talking about um and then it sort of hits him what Bronzy said to him when he was leaving Visages, you're my ace in the hole. Yeah. You need to know, you, or you need to stay behind in case something else happens. And obviously um, now more alarm bells for him. Um, and he's trying to figure out exactly what is going on. And at this point, um, the Gene Whip Boone walks in, who's also surprised to see um, Sonica sitting there. Yeah. Uh, and going to his unpopularity straight away, he's more interested to find out how his whole um, Gino got slaughtered out in the desert. And uh, Sonic is pretty much not, not happy to talk to him at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They, they, he plays it up a bit. Like, doesn't he, he kind of plays it up. Like he's got um, like desert madness or something like that. He's like, yeah, I've been under in the sun too long. I'm knackered. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just to get, just to get out as soon as he can. Yeah, that's it. He, he, he's, he closes down, realizes, he doesn't know who to trust. Um, blames it on having too much wine while he's been waiting, um, and he he makes his ex- excuses and gets out of there. Um, so then things turn for Honan and Boone. So she tells him that she's suspicious about uh, Roxana, and she is definitely clouding something with her sept. Um, and she, like you said, they don't want the Lord Commander to find out because they need to keep their house in order. Yeah. Um, and if there's treachery discovered within the Chiliad, then they're all going to suffer. So they need to um, purge the um, traitors before they're all purged. Um, and Boone is quite happy with this. He says he's not surprised. Um, all of the gene whips have been on to some sort of insurgency um, recently. Um, while they've been on the planet and he will help find out what's going on. Um, so Roxana, she goes back to her quarters now that everyone's suspicious of her. And as she goes into her bedchamber, um, John Grammaticus is already there waiting for her. Um, and he apologizes for not letting anyone know that he's back. And again, he's um, the reason that she's been acting a bit suspicious and not told anyone um, because he's been back for two days yeah. Uh, and he's asked her, please don't tell anyone I'm here. Because, again, he doesn't know who he can trust and what's going on himself. And he needs to hide um, because not only has he got some powerful psyker chasing him, he's now run away from the Alpha Legion, which is probably not his wisest move. Uh, and she's not happy because she knows that everyone knows that something's going on and she's risking being executed for helping him. Um she does say, doesn't she, that at some point, I think during their uh, their conversation, she sort of says, like, this is starting to feel wrong. Um, it's starting to feel like I'm hiding too much. Yeah. Um, but he's, like, sort of convinced her that he loves her. Um, and she's sort of going for personal feelings over probably the smart option here. Yeah. Um, and he says, it's vital that you, you buy me some time so I can lay low. Um and he also feels like bad because he's he's just using her. He knows he, that he's doing it. On some level, he loves her, but really, it's it's to protect himself. Um, and he's trying to weigh up his choices, and he he can either um, 
use her as a sacrifice, um, get her executed as the traitor while he escapes, or he can tell her the truth um, and try and escape with her. Um, and he's having a bit of a moral dilemma, mm. um, which kicks us into um, chapter six. Um, Monlo Harbour, the next day. Um, so now we're um, waiting for the Alpha Legion to arrive, or the um, Alpharius to arrive anyway. Yeah. Um, outside the palace, there's a full military parade. Anybody who's not on the front lines or an outpost is paraded here. Um, and every, everybody who's everybody's here to see the arrival of the Astartes. Yeah. Um, and Namajira is getting dressed up into like some epic ceremonial dress here, like like a pe- peacock cloak and yeah, multiple arms. And he's coming out like uh, Doc Ock, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, all uh, very strange. Yeah, um, so yeah, he he's sort of armed to the teeth as well, um, c- ceremonial swords and daggers, um, and like, I think they describe him as looking some sort of ancient Egyptian god. Um, and also present, we've got Hon and Mu, uh, Roxana, mm-hmm. um, everybody, everybody's witnessing it. Um, and then a big ship lands. For some reason, they really like pump it out. It, it doesn't land near or it doesn't just sort of turn up. It's a, a good distance away. Uh, and this lone Astartes figure walks however far it is long, along the red carpet uh, and really makes a show of this. Um, yeah. And walks up and meets the um, Lord Commander. Um, oh, here you go. So it says it takes eight minutes for him to walk from his ship to <laughs> the Lord Commander. And isn't uh, this the bit where he, he like, you know, he, uh, as he's going, he drops his gauntlet and he unclips his helm and just drops that down and then gets a This is the bit where he gets the knife out, right? He gets uh, his uh, Gladius out, yeah. That's it. And uh, cuts, his, cuts his hand and then um, Namit Jura does the same thing, right? Yeah, and then they have the um, good old... Um, Offering in blood. Yeah. Um, and that's he's, and then Alpharius pledges his allegiance to uh, Namajira there. He does, yeah. Um, well, and, is it Alpharius? Well, Alpharius? well the, the, the start is we currently believe to be Alpharius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so there we go. And he does introduce himself as Alpharius. And yeah, this is true. Then um, two kilometres away, through a high-powered scope, John Grammaticus is laying on the rooftop watching this all go down, um, and he doubts as well as us. He asks is... himself the same question, doesn't he? He <laughs> yeah. says, is it? Is it? Uh, he can't hear what's being said, but he can lip-read pretty well, so he knows what's going on. Um, Apparently, he, do... he can, he can lip-read accents, so uh, he, he, can, he can do all of that, and especially because he's looking through... Um, an elder long sight, I think yeah. they say. Yeah. Um, obviously one of the gifts of the cabal, uh, which which apparently means that it's almost like he's uh he's 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 like next to them. He's that that close and detailed that he can see it, but apparently he can lip read accents, which is why he's not sure it's it's Alpharius, because he's it's like he said, he knows he doesn't know who Alpharius is, but he knows who he's not. So he's he's not sure whether this is one of the you know Astartes that he may have met before. And is this? I think this is the bit where he goes into the detail about how 
um, the Alpha Legion being like the newest Legion, and, and yeah. is the Primarch has never revealed his uh, home his, his, his homeworld. So, although um, John is able to like pick up, John Grammaticus is able to pick up like the accent and what's happening. He he's like he doesn't know whether that's Alpharius because he doesn't know which homeworld Alpharius is from. Mm. Um, and although, as he said, he looks like some of the images of Alpharius, he also doesn't look like others. Um, so it's definitely like this, this blended view of um, mm. of who Alpharius actually is and and who he could be. And it's very much like, well, as I said, Secrets and Lies is the uh, subtitle of the book, right? Yeah. The, the Legion and... and the Primarch have, have purposely, um, you know, kept it muddied in terms of who he could possibly be. And, and all that John Chromaticus can work out is that if the gene theory is correct, which is quite an interesting point in itself, then this this Marine could be Alpharius because he does look a bit like Horace and the Emperor. Yeah. And that's that's about the extent of it. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because he, he really doesn't handle... Um, stress very well because he's laying here trying to work it out and then he's laying here also thinking that he's getting frustrated that the cabal have given him the power of reincarnation and he just wishes that he'd stayed dead the first time exactly. he, he just yeah. can't be bothered with it he's <laughs> a thousand years old and he's moaning away <laughs> and he's like reaching out um trying to get an answer from the cabal and, and moaning at him, but um no they've, no one's uh they've gone quiet yeah. yeah um and he can also feel um another psycho is it share he can feel them reaching out trying to find where he it's, is yeah the alpha legion one who's who's um completing sweeps like as he said it's like it's almost like it sweeps and he, he has to just be mindful of when these sort of psychic sweeps are are moving over yeah. um and at the same time you've also got I, don't, I know they go into it in a minute but like um dennis chain is like he's also like on high alert and, yeah. and running sweeps and stuff like that, and I think it's it's right now. You're you're, oh, uh, you're, uh, that's you're you've literally picked up the next sentence. So good, good estimate. Uh, it's it's well, basically what 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 he is is he he John Gmackus is is almost undone by his uh, cleverness in kind of blanking himself yeah. um, because Dennis Chain is as I said he's a smart cookie and notices that there's like almost like this blank spot in the security sweeps and it's mm. like. You know, whereas maybe an imperial, a standard imperial soldier, even one of the Chiliad, might have looked at it and gone, "Well, there's nothing there." He sees it as an anomaly, and so it's like we should have a look at that because that's a bit sus. Yeah. Um, and then we go from there. Yeah, and oh, well, there's and there's a reason like he's captain of the Lucifer Blacks because he isn't like just some nobody either. Uh, like we get a bit of a background on him. Um, yeah. And he was like born on the planet Zaus. Uh, another of Terra's lost planets, and again, it had been at war so long that it basically decimated its own population to the point that children were recruited into the armies to fight. Um, he was recruited at 11 years old. Yeah. Um, and he took, became, took command at 12, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, took command at 12. And by the time he was 13, he was an emotionless veteran of war. Um, so really happy childhood for him. Um, and then as I think the war was uh, about to destroy the planet, the Imperium uh, arrived and... Namajira, yeah, yeah. Brought into compliance, recognised the warrior and uh, mm -hmm. gave him to 
well, he was the adopted son of one of his one of his generals, wasn't he? Yeah, basically. And then um, after a few years, at the age of eighteen, uh, he became the captain of Lucifer Blacks, which he's been mm. doing. Uh, I don't know if we know how old he is now, but I mean, I would say I he's been doing it a long time. I don't know what we what we do know about the Lucifer Blacks is that they were so like the Chiliad. They were an old Terran unit, um, but unlike the Chiliad, who have obviously, you know, there's, there's a reason they're called Geno, is they were able to replenish and build their losses back up after the Terran Wars of Unification, whereas the Lucifer Blacks weren't. So they became more of a uh, ceremonial unit um, who would who would act as like bodyguards for the likes of Namajira as master of the, uh, or as a Lord Commander of the Army. So they, they act as almost like bodyguards and ceremonial units as opposed to actual um, combat assets. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, so he finds the um, location using the sensors of the blank spot. Um, and as he um, gets into position, he, he pounces expecting to find someone. Um, but all he finds is a piece of paper stuck under a rock. Um, with the words "better luck next time" scrawled on it. <laughs> oh, John, what are you doing? What, what's Grammaticus up to there, eh? Yeah. Um, so, um, elsewhere, um, Sonic is having a sleep. He gets woken up by Lon, uh, telling them that they're running late. They're missing the uh, parade. All the other regiments have assembled, mm-hmm. um, and he goes, "Although there's only ten dancers left, we should still take our banner." and make ourselves known. Um, and so, he, yeah, he agrees. He says, right, let's get ready to go. And as he gets up, he finds a small piece of rock from visages under his pillow yep. um, that wasn't there when he went to bed. Um, or he didn't know it was there when he went to bed and wonders how that got there. Um, and as you mentioned, Grammaticus is now regretting putting the note <laughs> under the rock, <laughs> realising that he's just taunted a very well-trained killer. Yeah. Um, and, was, yeah, he's, he's made a poor choice. Um, he couldn't help himself. Yeah. He was uh, being too cocky and decided he was going to, yeah, yeah, taunt, taunt the, uh, the, well, the captain of the Lucifer Blacks, which is yeah. not a smart idea. No. Um, so he's hightailed it out there. He's making his way back to um, Roxana's quarters. Uh, and as he's getting close, um, he's sneaking through the shadows and hears one of the Uxa's aides outside of her quarters saying to somebody, no, you, you can't come in here. Um, she's not here, so come back later. And he has a look and sees there are three robed men um, asking to get in and they say and this guy says that his name is Tinkas, um, he's a surveyor of fabric for the expedition and he's come to assess and evaluate all the properties uh, and trying to blag his way in um, and Grammaticus reaches out with his psychic ability to try and coerce um, this aid to turn them away and say this yeah. is not who he says he is you're being lied to but it yeah. doesn't work um, and the aid lets these three men in uh, and the identity of one is Franco Boone, mm-hmm. our gene whip um, with two of his men. Uh, and he tells them, right, search the room. We've got two minutes to get out of here. Um, and one of the men finds like a dirty canvas jacket on the floor. Um, and the other one goes into the bathroom and finds bowls and cups of water 
all over the place. Um, and I think we touched on it before that the way that John speaks to the cabal is by looking into a reflection or, or water. So he's obviously had a bit of um, a signs moment and filled up every cup and bowl that he can find with water to try and get some signal. Yeah. Um, but like we said, that hasn't worked. Um, so as they they realise, well, there's some clues here. Um, a naked man walks out of another room <laughs> and freezes, um, completely um, startled by seeing these guys here. Um, and it's actually um, John Grammaticus, and he uses his um, power of suggestion and tells them his name is um, Cato Pius, mm-hmm. um, another hetman. Um, is he, he, uh, where is he from? So we've got Joker's Dancers. What's he from? It's not the Carnivales. Okay, is he from uh, the Clowns? He might be from the Clowns. Uh, I thought Shaban was the Clowns. You're yeah, right. Um, is he Zanzibari? No. Uh, no, he's not Zanzibari. Where's he from? That's going to bug me now. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we'll come across it eventually. Yeah. I'm sure we will. Um, hopefully. I mean, there's. Uh, 18,000 words in front of me here that I've written up. So I must, that's got to be at least one of them. We'll get to it. Um, if not, then we failed. Um, yeah, so he, he's, he's obviously putting on this um, charade and he demands to know what these guys are doing there. Uh, and Boone says, look, we're, we're here searching the room because we think Yux is hiding something. Uh, and go, and um, Kato Pius says, yes, you're right. She's hiding me, uh, hiding our affair. Um, so they all agree to ignore what's happened here, go their separate ways, uh, and Franco and his men leave. Um, and from the effort of suggestion, because normally he has some sort of disguise to go along with it, but this time he was stark naked, yeah. and he had to really put some power forward, and this causes him to fall down onto the bed and have a blackout. Um, yeah. And outside, Boone is quite angry, that um, Honamu sent him here on a, sort of a fool's errand. Um, but as he's walking away and getting further away from Grammaticus, he's starting to doubt what he's just seen. Um, and he says, I don't think that was really pious. Um, and they laugh at him and say, no, of course it was. We've just seen him completely naked. And he says, well, if that was Cato Pius, then who's that? And points at Cato Pius walking through the crowds, talking to Sonica. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, a lot more alarm bells there, um, more more questions and answers. And um, while Sonica's walking with Pius, he notices uh, Bronzy in the crowd, and he's surprised and relieved he's alive and calls out uh, and tries to make his way towards him. Bronzy turns and sees him, but keeps walking away. Um, and uh, Sonica wonders, well, should I follow him? decides that no that's a bad idea um and that takes us into um chapter seven and where are we now we're still monolo harbour on nerf and this is yep. the evening of that day this is almost like as, as you said it's, it's quite a constricted timeline right now mm. because it's all it's all sort of happening on the same day so they've had they've had the procession they've had everything going on um it's almost like it's a say it's a day off but you know what i mean it, it's like there's no combat happening now it's kind of like the uh starties meeting the um 
uh, the, the, the Astra Militarum and the leaders and like all levels of the military are kind of like chilling out as it were. So you've got right at the top, like there's, there's a feast being held for um, like the Primarch and Namajira all the mm -hmm. way down to the, uh, like the, the, the regiments themselves, the, uh, the men who are all uh, in various encampments around the harbour, no doubt. Um, drinking various, uh, you know, illicit homebrew. Yeah. Uh, they're they're like really fun. having a, a bit of a final party, really, aren't they? Yeah, they've been chucking um, incense on the fire, you know, <laughs> going mad on peck. Yeah. <laughs> having a good time. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, but someone who's not having a good time is Chain. He spent all day in his office pouring over the security recordings and trying to figure out who's left in this bloody note. Yeah. Um, but he's not as emotional as um, Grammaticus. He's just trying to be very logical. He, he's actually yeah. enjoyed this, um, this note really, because it's given him a purpose and some direction to focus his energy in. Um, because he, obviously he knows there's something going on in the camp and he's onto it um, and he's, he's going to figure it out. Yeah. Um, but he, he, while he's, um, he gets distracted now because he's summoned to the Lord Commander's side, who, like you say, is holding a feast for the Astartes, and he has to go and deal with that. Um, and as he he leaves, he obviously hands this note to somebody and says, right, you get this um, run through. Um, we'll do a bit of a DNA check on it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you lose it, I'll kill you. Um, so he goes out to um, the big tents um, and as he arrives, he briefs two of his men on the um, situation and he says, you go back to the palace and, and continue the search. Um, and he's pretty happy that this note's going to be the key to the mystery on this planet. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, um, John Gramascus is still unconscious from passing out and he's having dreams of being eaten by a dragon. The dragon, uh, which yeah. is a bit of a recurring theme for him. He's got, a, I think, ever since um, coming across those lizards, like, it's playing on his mind. Um, and he's woken up by uh, Roxana, um, and then he realizes, crap, I'm supposed to be in that. I need to get to that meeting. I need to know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and he sort of gets gets dressed. Um, and as he's rushing out, he says, oh, the gene rips were here earlier, and they were looking for me, um, and gives her a bit of a heads up. Um, yeah, so in the in the meeting, Namajira is finally sort of sat down speaking to the Astartes, who introduced himself as Alpharius. Indeed, yep. Um, and he says, "Well, you've told me you're off Alpharius, but you can't all be him." Um, and the the Primarch currently believed to be Alpharius says, "No, you're right, um, but identity can be used as a weapon." So we present a single face to the enemy. Yeah. Um, but uh, as we're friends, I'm going to introduce a couple of people to you. So here's my first captain, um, Ingo Peck, and my second captain, Fias Herzog. Um, and they step forward, take, take off their helmets so we get to see three of their faces together. Um, and obviously, we've met both these two before um, back in the harbour. Yep. Um, and we're sort of told, like, if you just took a quick glance, you would think they were identical triplets um, yes. at this point. Um, although... Um, is it Grammaticus that is looking at them 
Not yet. It's no. um, Shane. He's stood off That's to the it. sides watching. And like we said, he's not nobody. He he, he can see because he's studying them that the one we believe to be Alvarez is he's taller than the others. His skull is shaped differently. That's it. Um, it's similar to that of Horace. Um, and his eyes are shining with sort of an eerie intelligence. Um, and he can see just by looking at the other two, um, there's enough di- differences there to actually, he can say they're not even related, let alone identical. Um, so that's just sort of his skill set. Um, and then we meet a fourth member of the Alpha Legion. Um, he's introduced to as a common trooper here just to act as a bodyguard and a lookout for the three commanders. Um, and his name is Omegon. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Chain, he immediately detects this is a lie. Um, <laughs> and he's wondering what they're hiding. Uh, so... Another another mystery. For who knows? Who knows who on. they are? Yeah. Um, so then they have a bit of a um, philosophical debate between um, the Astartes and Namajira, um, and they're sort of saying, "Well, how how do you want to end this war?" And Namajira says, "No, you mean how do we want to end the compliance?" Mm. Um, and they disagree, saying, "This is clearly a war." Um, you can't call it anything else because you'd be disrespecting all the troops that are dying um, for its cause. Um, and Namajira says, this is compliance. This is what the emperor has decreed. This is what the emperor calls it. Um, or are you disagreeing with the emperor? Um, and then Herzog and Peck and Namajira, between the three of them, they go back and forward. Um, Namajira is putting forth um, this regime as the emperor's will. And the other two are actually openly questioning the logic yeah but they but they deny that they disagree with the emperor but they're just saying we don't agree with the way this is worded which is not usual really um you, you wouldn't normally expect any marine um to 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 talk in that manner at all maybe a primark maybe a primark but not you know um what are effectively just um well captains um to, to you know you like, could you imagine mm. like a blood angel or an ultramarine talking like that? It just wouldn't happen. But um, and, and even then, even with a Primarch, they'd only say it to another Primarch, or yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe their closest commanders. Like, yeah, you, you, it's not something you just say to. I mean, because because it's not just uh, Namajira. There's other people here watching as well. Yeah. So, and it's, this is obviously like signs of why the Cabal has chosen this legion. I think. Oh no! Absolutely, they they. I think they talk about it like whoever is playing, or whoever is Alfarius. That the Alfarius in this situation, I think he does articulate that, isn't it? Like within that chapter, they agree with like uh, discourse and uh, explanation and and like um, challenging, you know, um, the the state of things, and that they talk about the perfection, don't they? They go into perfection quite a lot in that. It's quite interesting because it's counter to the idea of the Emperor's children, who we obviously yeah. you know, had various bits before, that, that perfection itself can't exist because, you know, perfection is imperfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's quite an interesting counterpoint um, to, to the overall piece, like the, to the overall piece of the rest of the Astartes that, that we see, and that they're all very, you know, the Imperial truth is perfect, whereas 
the Alpha Legion are, you know, that whilst they agree and that they are going to, you know, um, deliver the Emperor's will, they're not going to do it without, like, um, discussing it in in more of a uh, more of a more of a way that um, other legions and, and definitely not the Astra Militarum would ever do. Hmm. And it just shows is everybody else they they get their orders and they and the Codex Astartes sort of example and we'll stick to this and this is how it's done. But yeah, they'll happily question everything and it's another reason why like they like we mentioned earlier. Gilliman actually doesn't like him at all, um, or like this legion at all, and obviously Namajira wishes that Gilliman was here. So, yeah, he, they're not they're not winning friendships at the minute um, with their with their sort of open thinking or free thinking ability. Um, so, um, the Lord Commander he asks, "How are we going to combat the nerfing magic?" Mm-hmm. Um, and Alpharius says. They won't combat it. They will extinguish it. Um, and now Grammaticus has actually arrived. He is listening or trying to listen um, from the servants area of the tent, disguised as a waiter, but he's too far away. Um, he hasn't got his sight, so he, he can't quite hear what's being said. It's too mm. noisy. He can't, he can't lip read. Um, so he's able to sort of slip away, ditch the food uh, and change his disguise. Um, and he pops on his night vision goggles and he can see the intricate laser alarm system around the cables of the tent. Uh-huh. Um, and with some um, difficulties, able to um, maneuver around uh, and get to a spot on the side of the tent so he can hear the conversation. Uh, and the, the part that he catches when he gets there is that Alpharius is explaining chaos yeah. um, to Namajira. Um, but Grammaticus doesn't really care for his explanation of chaos because it's basically um, feels like this is how you would explain it to a child. Um, and the Alpha Legion clearly don't have the grasp of chaos um, that they think they do. No, it's a very um, uneducated um, variant of, of chaos. Yeah, it's like I think the way that they explain it is the warp is scary and dangerous and there's things in it and that's about it yeah um and obviously we know a lot more um but before he can really hear too much he feels the presence of a lucifer black sneaking up on him uh and he can tell that this guy's got his saber drawn um and he um he turns and with his power he um sort of shouts out stop what are you doing you fool it's me um and Lucifer replies, thinking that it's um, Captain Chain. Yeah. Um, and John picks up on this name, and he stores that away for later on because obviously he doesn't know who the commander actually is, but now he does. Uh, and he tells Lucifer, "Good job. Go back onto your patrol. Uh, see you later." And as the Lucifer takes a couple of steps, um, he realizes uh, that's not uh, Chain, and he turns. Um, realising he's been tricked um, and John um, has to act. Um, but unfortunately, this Lucifer's completely armoured um, and because of where they are, he can't. John can't use his uh, ring to blow him away. Um, and so what he has to do really quickly is basically use his fist to smash the Vox unit 
on the Lucifer's helmet so he can't raise an alarm yep. and then punch him straight in the throat, crush, crush his voice box so he can't call for help. So now this guy's muted, um, but he's still <laughs> heavily armoured. I, I was going to say, this is, this is a really good fight. This is um, awesome. Yeah, given, given like, as I said, it, it's not uh, a combat-heavy book, right? There's very little um, in the way of bolter porn. Yeah. Um, this, this little section um is like it's a really well described and well well written fight between the two of them you can you can like it really conveys that one the lucifer blacks are um, are hard (laughs) and two that john grammaticus is obviously he's picked up a few bits and pieces during his uh his thousand years of uh of life and Mm. you know even with his like enhanced like hands and stuff like that, which apparently he has. So yeah. even with his enhancements, he's still like smashing his his fists into into like high high grade armor. Yeah. So it's 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 brutal how this this fight goes. And it, it brings him back as well because so far he's not really had any luck and he's been a bit of a washout. And now mm. actually no, there's a reason he's here. Like he's a tough. He is tough. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's not not too bright because he's ended up in this situation. <laughs> uh, he, he sort of built this through his own back. Um, but I mean, these guys have awesome, an awesome fight. And like, yeah, if you're not going to read the book, even if you just dig this part out, like yeah. um, we've said in a few other videos as well, like this is a, a scene worth reading. Um, so uh, if it wasn't for the armor, though, John probably would have killed him by punching oh, him in the throat. Yeah, um, unarmed, he would have he would have been all over him. I think. Yeah, but he's got like the added um, issue now where he has to beat this guy to a pulp, but not trip the alarms as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, which clearly and uh, the Lucifer's obviously going for the alarms. Um, it's his last sort of way to. Uh, it's like that's it. If, if I'm yeah, my throat's been crushed. And I can't communicate with anyone. I've got mm. to set the uh, got to set the alarms off. So he starts going straight for the trip. Well, the the, the like the beams to yeah. break the beams. So the alarms go off. Yeah, and John's like he's he's punching it. He's trying to break limbs. He's smashing this guy's armor. But as he's doing, it, he's mashing his hands up as well, <laughs> just to do this. Um, I think at one point the Lucifer gets him in a chokehold, mm. uh, and Gramacus has to like literally smash his finger through. Uh, the lens and manages to pop this guy's eye uh, <laughs> and um, puts this guy to the ground and like again with, just with his bare hands cripples him um, but this guy is reaching out for the wire so John grabs his um, saber and locks his arm off gets his arm off <laughs> and then um, quite nicely he does say I'm sorry uh, yeah, oh, and yeah. then <laughs> pops the sword right through the guy's neck well but oh no you see that's the thing is the bit that I liked is just before that Oh yeah, the loose for black, like with uh, the, the. I remember it being described as like the arterial spray coming <laughs> from his stump. Yeah. He's trying to use that to break the uh, the security beams, and yeah. like John Grammaticus is like, I oh, like, what do I do with this guy? Like he's, uh, I've cut his arm off, and he's now trying to spray his blood through the security beams to trip him. So that's when he, that's when he's then like, right, mm. I'm going to have to, going to have to put him down. He's, it's very um, King Arthur and the Black Knight. It's very Black Knight. <laughs> it is but a scratch. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? Bleed on me? <laughs> um, but unfortunately, like he, he kills this guy. Um, he put up a good fight and 
John realizes like he he's buggered now, like he's wrecked. Yeah. Um, he's he's got to get his out. His cover's blown, and he stumbles off um, and heads towards the desert. Um, inside the tent, it didn't go unnoticed. Um, chains. Um, he gets a um, flash in his cuff, um, which causes him to leave the tent. Puts his helmet on, um, and one of his men tells him, "We've lost signal from somebody." Yeah. Um, and he starts a search for that. Um, and then behind him, he hears a voice asking him if there's trouble. Um, chain spins round in a flash, um, like like blink, and he's done it. And um, he's got his saber out, pointed up against this to start his chest. Um, and um, this start, he says, I heard you were good, um, but I didn't know you were that good. Um, and he, he realises, actually, he's managed to embed his sword like half a centimeter into this guy's armor um, the armor yeah and um they sort of stare at each other and and um he's he's again because so the chain is like not nobody he can't be, he's good at sneaking up on people and then he's been snuck up on as well um and it, the alpha is like we like to just keep an eye on everybody yeah we like to know who we're dealing with yeah uh, and he says that this is, so we find out this is the Astartes um, we believe to be Omegon. Mm-hmm. And um, they sort of eye each other up and then agree, look, I'm going to help. I'm here to help, so let's go and investigate. Um, and while they're going, Ch- Chain's taking measures to avoid breaking the beams. Uh, and he notices that the, this Astartes is just walking through them and no alarms yeah, going off. Um, uh, so they find the body and... Uh, they basically look and realise that whoever did this actually did it with their bare hands. Yeah. Um, and they see like there's there's blood on um, this guy's Vox unit. Right, so they, they realise well this is clever. And but Chain's like I've no idea who could have done this. Um, there's a little bit of needling between them as well, isn't there? Like um like um the Astartes identified as. Uh, um, Omegon sort of uh, like says, "Oh, I thought you guys were tough," um, and obviously Chain's mm. like, "Yeah, like you know, like," and then he sort of says, "No, no, I, I know you're tough, but this was done by someone with his bare hands," and like that takes him back a bit. And I think Chain also is like uh, questions him a bit, like, "How do you know my name?" Because yeah. the names of the Lucifer Blacks are never given out, so it's kind of like you know, there's a little bit of back and forth between these two professionals let's say yeah almost con- consider like um in a different uh if he was born on a different planet like uh chain might have made a good alpha legion this member. Is true. yeah very true uh, yeah um but we'll leave them with their crime scene to work out the mysteries of that uh and we go back to sonica who is still with Pius and his men um drinking um, around the campfire. I still yep. haven't written down who Pius works for, I'm afraid. Um, and um, Maybe it is the Carnival, eh? Maybe. It, could, it could be. It could be. Um, and so Pius is sort of saying to him, what are you going to do now that your company's gone? And Sonic is not too sure. Um, but he sort of says, where is uh, Bronzy Camps? Hmm. Um, and he gets pointed in the right direction, so he makes his excuses, and he says, I'm going to go use the latrine. Yeah. Um, so 
he, he wanders off into the darkness for a wee um, and Boone and his men have been watching Pius because they're suspicious of him um, and they're also suspicious because uh, Sonic has turned yeah. up out of nowhere and suddenly hanging around with someone they've already got suspicions of no, and that's it. Sonic's last interaction with uh, Boone was quite odd as well. So it's almost like the uh, the suspicion has kind of moved across, and like actually they they've kind of gone well. Actually, maybe maybe Pius isn't, you know, like he he was just a name, right? Maybe maybe yeah. he isn't that, and and they go right. Well, let's go and get or let's go and question Sonica while he's uh, while he's at the latrine. Yeah, because um, it's there's there's is it two or three of them. There's three um, of them, but there's Boone. I can't remember the names of the other two. Um, uh. But obviously, off he trots, and he's. Uh, it's it's quite interesting because it's it's almost similar to when Bronzy met the Alpha Legion, and he was he was at the latrine. Um, yep. And at this time round, it's it's Sonica at the latrine, but it's uh, the the Gene Whips that are coming to coming mm. to find him. Yeah, um, I think they they're not they're not going to have as much luck as um, the Astartes, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, because. Uh, while he's having a wee, even though he's had a bit to drink, uh, he notices there's someone walking towards him. So he calls out, um, first hoping that it's pious, but I think he realises that it's not that simple. Um, so he zips up, turns to walk away, and there's already somebody there blocking his path. Um, and then immediately these two guys start confronting him and asking him, why Why is he hanging out with pious? Yeah. Um, why are they, how are they friends? Um, and they say, do you know that Pius and uh, Roxana are sleeping together? And they're just firing questions at him. Um, and he's trying to walk away. And one of them reaches out and grabs him. So he flips him over by the arm and flips this guy straight into the uh, latrine pit. That's not where you, that's not where you, that's a bad time for anyone, right? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, close your nose and hold your, um, close your mouth and hold your nose. But yeah, it's still pretty grim. Um uh, the other go, guy goes for him, but um, he gets an elbow in the face and uh, Sonic is able to um, run. Um, Boone shouts out and fires a warning shot and tells him the next one's going in his head. But, yeah. but Sonic is not having it and keeps running. Um, and then these um, headlights come on from a vehicle in front um, and the door flings open and uh, Bronzy shouts, get in! Um, and saves saves him. From uh, from the custody, gene whips, custody of the gene whips, yeah, um, and that pushes us into continuous of um, where we just were into chapter yeah. eight. Again, continuing that there. Well, I suppose they started. You know, we're now eight chapters in. They have to keep these titles going, right, to let us know where we are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so continuing straight on, and as I said, I think it's quite interesting. These four chapters, like we're we're looking at at the moment. They have been all in this very short time time span, yeah. um, and so this this one just keeps. Whereas the others, you had a bit of a break. This one's straight straight on from before, and uh, you've, we've got Bronzy and um, Sonica barreling away into, like you say, the desert or the you know the wilderness. I suppose I don't you know. I, I imagine it's desert, but I can't. I don't. It might not be. That might just be what I pictured in my head, but. Um, they're barreling away into into the wilderness, let's say, and away from the camps and mm. the gene whips. Yes, um, 
And as we don't really know where they're going, nor does uh, Sonica. So he says, where are we going? And Bronzy says, shut up. Because <laughs> um, we're not at the point of getting any answers yet. Nope. And, not uh, any of them. No. Um, and obviously, being like best mates, like that, they're both happy to see each other alive, but there's obviously something uh, going on. And, and Bronzy mm. says, I'm glad that you're here, but you've been here complicates things. Yeah. You're um, supposed to be dead. And he's like, yeah. uh, are you, is it, you know, what, aren't you glad that I'm not? And he says, of course I am. I'm, I'm like, you know, your, your oldest mate. Um, but yeah, this, this is, this is now complicated. Yeah. You've and, made my life harder now by being alive. Yeah. And he keeps like, he's asking him like, like he's trying to ask Bronzy questions. He's just like, like for now, just take it as your mate Bronzy saved you. Um, you know, and 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 we'll take it as we. You've, what you've got to do, oh, it's just like you know, we've got to trust me and not mess this up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they where do they turn up? They turn up at like some like outbuilding, like some old ruins. Yeah, and uh, I think it says Sonic could smell like fuel bricks um, burning as they as they pull up. Yeah, um, and they go in around this campfire area where these fuel bricks are. And there's someone else there as well, mm. um, which is, is, is this uh, Sherad? Um, Fanner? Yeah, he's, it was one of the, the Ultramars. Yeah, Fanner. I'm yeah. sure this is him. Yeah, because um, before they go in, uh, Bronzy says, don't say anything stupid. I'm yeah. the only one that's going to keep you alive now. Um, and he says, look, they wanted you killed, but I've asked that they spare you. Um and that's when they go in, and, and there's this guy called Fanner sat by the fire. He's um, pick it, picking his nails with a knife, if yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah, classic uh, friendly, friendly welcome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you always know you're going to get a good conversation out of someone that's picking his nails with a knife. Yeah. Um, so, um, Sonic says, uh, what's going on? And Fanner says, look, it depends. The way you answer the questions depends on what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Um, and sort of says like, "Have you told anybody about the body?" Um, and he's he's he he's hesitant and, and does lie. Um, and they they say, "Come on, we we need to we need you to tell us the truth." And he says, "Yes, yeah. I, uh, I I we voxed her about it. Um, I to, I told Holland Moo when I arrived because we'd already voxed her." Um, and Fanny says, "Well, how did she act? Did did she know or did she act like she didn't know?" Um, and while he's being interrogated by this guy picking his nails with a knife, Sonica can feel in in the corner of his eye something moving in the shadows. But um, shadows within shadows, which again yeah. is another callback to something that um, Chain said, like that there are shadows within shadows. So yeah. again, all circles and callbacks and all sorts of bits and pieces going mm. on in this book. People, we don't know exactly where these guys are and who they're watching. No, um, exactly. And it, and he says, "Oh yeah, look, Holland must have denied it. Uh, she was too busy, or she'd forgot. There's a lot going on." Um, and Bronzy says, "No, she didn't know. The, the messages were um, intercepted by them. Um, and when he delivered the body to them, they killed Shaban um, because the shrapnel he'd got to his neck was actually um, it wasn't just shrapnel; it was nerfing bone, mm-hmm. uh, and he was becoming corrupted by it." And uh, Sonic is sort of being overwhelmed by what he's being told um, and sort of snaps, pulls his pistol out and, and points it straight at Fanner. Um, 
demanding to be told what's going on. Yeah, um, just someone tell me. And, and then... uh, in response, Fana reaches down, pulls his shirt up and shows his hip. Um, and shows well, I, him... I think before he does that, Bronzy punches him. Uh, no, no. Oh, I, does I think, that cut? Oh, yeah, that comes in a minute. Oh, like okay. A dis- yeah. This is a distraction. So he shows him his hip. Um, and we see here, uh, Fana's got the same brand that was on that body from before. Uh, and they say, look, it was one of our agents undercover with the dancers. Yeah. Um, and Sonica snaps. He actually pulls the trigger. But as he does so, Bronzy punches him uh, in the head. So the shot yeah. goes wide. Uh, and then Fanner's obviously not too impressed with about to be shot, um, kicks, kicks him in the guts. Um, and Knocks the air out of him. Yeah. And he, he goes to, uh, to kill him. And Bronzy says no. Um, uh, and as they're arguing, another voice um, says, why don't we just show him the rest? Yeah, we're uh, taking him objects, this far. Yeah. yeah. If he objects, we'll kill him later. Yeah. Um, so they help him up. Um, and Bronzy then shows Sonica that he's also got the same brand as well. The mark of the... Uh, this is, is this where it's revealed the mark of the Hydra? Yeah. I, yeah, I think, it is, okay. yeah, Yeah. So um, basically, literally, uh, an Alpha Legion Astarte steps out of the shadows um, and says, this is the mark of the Hydra. Uh, we bestow this mark upon friends that we can trust yeah uh, and says we want to be friends with you um and Seneca says well stop lying to me then uh and he asks um stop lying to me tell me your name <laughs> so the Astarte says I am Alpharius um and Seneca just says well just kill me <laughs> <laughs> um and in return the Astarte asks for um Fenner's blade um yeah so Another Alpharius. Is it the same one? Is it the Alpharius? Or well, who knows? I was going to say, I, I, we, we potentially find out who it might be mm. um, in, in the next bit. Um, but yeah, right now, it could be, you know, who, who could it be? It's, yeah. it's just it's Alpharius, right? They're all Alpharius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously, Sonic has had enough. He, Alpharius is back at the camp meeting with Namajira. Uh, he knows that he's not being told the truth. Uh, I think he's had enough. He's a bit like uh, Grammaticus. It's too much effort. Yeah. <laughs> Just get rid of it. Um, so we then go from that one confusing scene back to the meeting between uh, Namajira and another Alpharius. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alpharius says that he wants all the available um, astro telepaths assigned to him because yeah. we're going to need them. Um, in order to combat the chaotic powers of the Nerfine. Um And he states that the Geno Chiliad um, will be the front line as the um, psychic power of the Uxas will be useful in the coming battle. Yeah. Um, and while they're having this meeting, um, Chain comes back and whispers into uh, Namajira's ear, who then in turn um, ends the meeting with Alpharius. Um, and as he's leaving, um, Alpharius tells him that compliance will be won within a week. Yeah. Um, so they part ways outside. Um, Chain briefs Namajira about the dead Lucifer. Um, and he says, OK, well, what do you think about that meeting with the Astartes? And Chain says every single one of them was lying. <laughs> um, so the three Astartes leave uh, the tent, yeah, uh, and they meet up with the fourth, 
Um, and we now, I think, officially we know that Herzog and Peck are Herzog and Peck. Yeah, we know um, those two. That's, that's, that's all understood. And we knew, is it someone else was standing in, is it Ranko was standing in for Omegon? Uh, no, so, well, uh, it might, his first name might be Ranko, so it's Sheed? Yeah, that's, that's Ranko. Yeah, oh, okay. so he's, yeah, sure. he's, he's captain of the uh, Terminators. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, Sheed Ranko, yeah, so you're right, yep. Um, so, yeah, so he's, he's been standing for Omegon. Omegon, yeah, because he's, he's big and Omegon's yeah. big. And oh, they say he's big because he is the he's the leader of the Terminators. Yes, and That's then why he's big. do they say is that where they say yeah? But his size is useful for standing in for um, Omegon or Alpharius because they're both big. Yeah, because the Astartes that we thought was Alpharius is actually Omegon. Yes, <laughs> and then they say where is Alpharius? Yeah. And um, He's in the desert tying up loose loose ends. Yeah. So well, does that mean that Sonic is actually speaking to Alpharius? There's a good chance. We don't know. We don't know. Could be. Could, don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. So that brings us to chapter nine. And we're going to hold it there because um, it's another four chapters down. Um, and otherwise, we'll be going on. For another hour at least um we'll try and keep these as short as we can um cool so any answers i don't think so we've Not got yet. a potential location for alpharius um but we don't know um so we will leave it there with and make that part two and then we'll finish off part one <laughs> in part three of our <laughs> series of um legion which is quite fitting to make that confusing um, as the book. So um, unless you've got any other parting words of wisdom. Not, not, not for the, uh, not, not where we're up to in Legion, not, not right now. Um, I, uh, only other parting words would be obviously the usual admin. So, you know, like subscribe, share, because mm-hmm. um, it helps us out. If you want to, if you want to buy us a pot of paint, you can do on Patreon, of course. And uh, if you are buying any hobby stuff, use our link because it helps us out. Obviously, you know, you don't have to do any of that. Don't feel obliged. But anything you do uh, decide to do, if you do go for it, um, we'll go back into the channel anyway, because um, yeah. that's, that's what we're using it for. So, um, yeah, I, I think um, other than that, you know, I am Alpharius. I think is uh, the best part of words. Yeah, I am also Alpharius. <laughs>